And welcome back to another episode of the Total Sports Live podcast here on Anchor. I'm Jovan Alfred. You know, you already know who I'm joined by my guys, Harrison Brown and Keaton Nichols, to talk about week 16 of fantasy football, aka the semifinals. Or if you're in a league like mine's round one is extended for two weeks because uh, only four teams made the playoffs. But next year, that will change along with it being a PPR league. But that's neither here nor there. We appreciate everyone news, as always. News on the <laughs> here, right from that the is big yeah. news. <laughs> that is major news. Major news. I've I've heard from the constituents, so I gotta uh, I gotta make it happen. Folk. Yeah, the tribe is focused. So I gotta I gotta make it happen for uh for next year. But like I said, it's week sixteen, which means there's still some people left in the playoffs in your respective league. So we gotta talk about everything, including the latest injuries that have coming out. That have come out this week that could affect your lineup and who you start and who you pick up off of waivers. So we're going to make sure we discuss all that. And also, as always, a tradition like no wonder, we're going to give you those anytime touchdown picks as we try to rebound from last week's 0-8 uh, record. But we will get back there. <laughs> we will get back there in the win column. Best believe we'll get back there in the win column. But before we do all that, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Total Sports Live and checking out the website, totalsportslive.com. Got a lot of great content up on the website right now. Uh, Harrison just released his NFL draft notebook for the month of December. A lot of good uh, notes and nuggets on there about QB1s, uh, underrated small school prospects to look out for, a, a D2 quarterback that everybody should be on their radar. Uh, just a, a ton of great just notes. So if you're looking for some draft stuff to get you going, Check out Harrison's draft note notebook. And we also have Seth's waiver wire report for week 16 that went live as well. So if you're looking for some waiver guys, we're not going to really discuss them on this week's show. But if you look for some waiver guys, there's some out there. So make sure you check out uh, Seth's waiver wire report as he uh, drops some knowledge in there on guys you should pick up as we're getting to that point of the season. And make sure, as always, checking out the podcast here on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, lastly on Anchor. Again, we appreciate everyone that's tuned in and checked out the uh, checked out the podcast, and you know, just subscribing, downloading, and always you can find us at Total Sports Live TSL Podcast on all your streaming platforms. But fellas, how are you doing? Keaton is back after me, Harrison, and Seth did a show last week. The week before with me and Keaton, that was doing the show. So this week we have Keaton back. He's back from assignment here on the podcast. How are you guys doing uh, this week? Doing good, doing good. Um, uh, had to had to take an R and R break, you know, from last week. But uh, you know, I see Seth filled in beautifully, smoothly as well. That's why you have a depth chart. You know, you you build up an organization. You know, from the ground up. Uh, no, but it's good to be back this week. I'm still in the playoffs in two of my three leagues, so I'm excited. I'm I'm, I'm ready to get to it tonight. Most definitely. What about you, Harrison? Yeah, likewise, man. It was a pleasure to have Seth last week, but great to have Keaton back in the mix talking some playoff football. I mean, I feel like I've been saying it for a while, but we're really getting down to it now. If you're still tuned into this podcast, man, you you got some money on the line or a trophy on the line, bragging rights, whatever it is, you got something on the line. So there's a lot at hand here this week. There's definitely a lot at hand, and we're going to talk about it right now. And that starts with people looking for a late season QB one. So as we all know, earlier this week, it was announced that Jalen Hurts suffered a sprained shoulder in the Eagles five point win over the bears, which, you know, at first was not a surprise, just based off the amount of hits he was taking in that game. But the, some of the reports that were floating around that he had broken collarbone, which were not corroborated. It was eventually a, a, a sprained shoulder. However, it's not a long-term injury. That's a good thing, but it's it's uncertain that he will play on Saturday, Christmas Eve, against the Cowboys. Even though we can all kind of read between the lines and know that he will likely not be playing uh, on Christmas Eve against Dallas. So, if he doesn't play, uh, fantasy managers will have to scramble to find that reliable streamer. And you know, we talked about streamers a lot on the podcast throughout this season. There was a ton of options in the middle of the season, and as we got past, you know, uh, by Mageddon a couple of times, there were some options. But now we're in week 16, and options are really thinned out, you know, because we have uh, Hertz is injured, Lamar is still out, Kyle Murray is hurt, Colt McCoy is hurt. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm leaving out anybody else. Jimmy G. Uh, 
Yeah, Jimmy G is hurt. Stafford still hurt. Stafford, Staff, you know. Stafford is hurt. Mayfield's in. Uh, Matt Ryan got benched for Nick Foles. So, yeah, the quarterback position is in a huge state of flux right now. So, fellas, when we look at streamer options and people that should pick up in the win-and-go-home situation, because we're not talking DFS where you're just dropping a couple of dollars, plop your lineup in like me because I'm not in nobody's playoffs anymore. <laughs> you can just be like, all right, I can start whoever and whatever happens, happens. Like, no, these these picks right here that we give people – and quarterback you're going to need. This is a winner go home situation here. The quarterback spot is the most important spot, no matter what uh, fancy platform you're playing on. Like, this is this is the spot. It's win or lose here. So, that being said, who do y'all like as potential streamers uh, this week? Because, like I said, it's very thin, and it's starting to thin out with even, like we said, backups getting hurt like a, like a Colt McCoy in uh, last week's game against the Broncos. Yeah, you might have to get a little creative this week. That's what I did. I'm actually in this situation in one of my leagues. So let me explain what I actually did, what I recommend also uh, for others to do as well. But I actually went out and got Daniel Jones this week. I did. Um, I, You know, Daniel Jones has a reputation of being a game manager quarterback. But we, we had talked about him a few episodes back. And there was one aspect of his game that I think gives me hope. First of all, he's the 11th overall quarterback this year. So in a 12-team league, he's been worthy at least of a starting position over the course of the whole year however if you were starting daniel jones the whole year probably not but um you know (laughs) according to the numbers the stats say he's the number 11 quarterback that's kind of cool but the the one thing that we had mentioned last time he runs the ball a lot um you know up until that uh until that very episode that we were talking about as a matter of fact up (laughs) until that point in week 12 he had carried the ball at least five times a game in every single game, you know, up to that point. Um, you know, a- I don't know what the average is. I didn't do the numbers here before the show, but um, 10 carries last week against uh, Washington, 12 carries the, you know, two weeks uh, prior against an- another uh, against Washington again, um, you know, uh, 11 carries earlier in the season against Jacksonville. So he's shown that he can add value with his legs. Minnesota's defense is like, you know, um, they're a good team overall, but they can be scored on, as we've seen, um, at least in one half or the other. Um, you know, so for, so for Minnesota, I, I look at an opportunity to replace a quarterback with, uh, or a QB1, rather, with a guy that also has a, a high chance, a high ceiling in this game. And I think that though he's a game manager, you look at what Minnesota offers defensively, which is not much, and the idea that Daniel Jones is using his legs a lot, um, you know, in this offense, and there's a chance that he gets into the end zone with his legs and throwing um, this weekend against Minnesota. So I like Daniel Jones. That's who I put in my lineup um, personally. Um, but he's over 50% or under rather 50% available in a lot of leagues. If you're looking for a guy 50% or so or under, it's Jared Goff, though. You got to go with this guy. He's been great all year. Another top 12 quarterback kind of guy. Um, that's put up consistent numbers, but you gotta if you're otherwise out of options and Derek, uh, Jared Goff is sitting there or Daniel Jones is sitting there, I think you have absolutely no reason not to grab either one of these guys. That Daniel Jones is probably the riskier option just because, like you said, just because of more so his weapons that he has around him, like his wide receiver wide receiver unit isn't great. With you know Slayton Hodges and Hodgins who have played well, right? They've played. They've exceeded expectations. Even Richie James has exceeded expectations. Mm-hmm. So it's the it's a risky play. But like you said, when you look at the matchup, you look at his ability to pick up stuff on the ground. And it's Vikings defense pass defense isn't great. I mean, they just gave up thirty three to the Colts in a game where the Colts should have won. By the way, but yeah. that's another podcast for another day. But mm-hmm. when you look at all those things, it it makes Daniel Jones an a very um, intriguing option. And also, like you said, Jared Goff too, who he's been flying under the radar a lot this season. It's just seemed like he's just been each week just consistently getting better and better, and the team's starting to get better and better. And now. His he has a healthy wide receiver core where he has, you know, Amon Ross, St. Brown, DJ Chark, Josh Reynolds as like their number four wide receiver, Khalif Raymond, their number five. Oh, yeah, they also got Jameson Williams back with his speed. So you add all that together, even though it's not a great matchup versus Carolina, he's also a very streamable option because you're not looking for Jared Goff or Daniel Jones, I would say, to score 20 points. 
Like, you're not looking for those guys to give you that. You're just saying, hey, if you can get me the bare minimum of 15 points, I can make do with the rest of my roster right. at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep the roster afloat, so to speak. That's really what you're looking for. If you lost Lamar Jackson, if you lost Kyler Murray a few weeks ago, Jalen this week, you kind of have to go into it knowing that that 30-point performance that you might have been banking on for a big playoff game from them, it might be out the window at this point, you know. Yep. And honestly, I'm with Key now. I like the veterans more. I like guys like Daniel Jones. I think Jared Goff is a you know a high upside waiver guy this week who has some potential to throw 250 and two. You know what I mean? And then you really got something going there. You know that's not out of the line at all for Jared Goff and how much they throw the ball and how high volume that offense is. If you're looking to get risky, you know, it's a dangerous game. But if you did it last year with the Bears and Justin Fields when they weren't really rolling, he had a big week in the first fantasy, uh, the first week of the fantasy playoffs. If you're looking to get risky and go rookie, Keaton's got Kenny Pickett has a pretty favorable matchup this week versus the Raiders. Seth put that in his waiver wire report. The Raiders mm-hmm. allow the fifth most fantasy points per game this year to quarterbacks, 19.3 per game. Haven't seen a whole lot from Pickett that really tells you he's going to be a fantasy valuable guy, and he's coming off the concussion and things like that. Favorable matchup. Another favorable matchup with a favorable upside quarterback is Malik Willis taking over in Tennessee. It hasn't translated to any fantasy success so far in the two games that he started because Tennessee didn't really, you know, open things up for him. They, they didn't really let him, you know what I mean, really roll in the offense. They were just trying to get right. through the games, run the ball, try to get the win. Listen, you know what I mean? You're a, a playoff contender team. I get it. You're trying to get the win. I want to see what Malik Willis has, especially in a favorable matchup versus Houston, where even if he makes some mistakes, you should still be able to hold them offensively and play your way into the games in different ways. I would love to see Malik Willis not only get going on the ground, really opened up for him in the pass game, see if he can you know, get 50 yards on the ground, uh, 150 yards throwing and a touchdown or two somewhere. You could have a play there. And then surprisingly enough, I mean, those were two of the top names in the quarterback class. Brock Purdy ha- has been the most popular of all the rookie quarterbacks and, and might be the most favorable um, in a tough matchup versus Washington, who has a defensive line who get after it. But, you know, over 14 points in all of his starts this year. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, certainly could be relevant this week in fantasy. I like I like the, I like the trend that you were going with here with the young quarterbacks and people leaning on. Because I think I think we all agree people at fantasy managers at this point probably get a little wary of leaning on those guys. Right. Leaning on a picket, leaning on a Willis, leaning on a Purdy. But say if you're in a spot, right, you're in a league where, like we mentioned, Jared Goff is, is you know, rostered in 50 percent of leagues. That means you might be in a league where you don't have them. So you might have to make the choice between Daniel Jones or taking Malik Willis or taking a Kenny Pickett. And like you said, Pickett, he started off rough the first five games of his career, but he started to play mistake free football, which is a good sign. I mean, starting to figure it out. Then, like you said, you look at the matchup. The Raiders are giving up the seventh most passing yards per game. They're also allowing quarterbacks to complete 68% of passes. So that's telling me if I'm the Steelers offensive coordinator, which I'm not, but if I was, mm-hmm. I'm dialing up, you know, you I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, my only qualifications is uh, Madden. Matt, right. uh, but <laughs> we'll but if I'm the Steelers, if I'm the Steelers OC, I'm trying to get short, quick passes, you know, trying to not try to hit them deep because I know you want to with George Pickens. I'm working to short the intermediate game with the wide receivers, with fire move, with Najee Harris and letting those guys see what they can do with something in space. And if they can, then Pickens just as a wild card that can maybe, again, you're not looking for 20 points. You're looking for 15. You get me to the 15-point threshold, then then you got something. The same thing with Malik Willis. Willis, like you said, you know, they didn't let him do anything in their first matchup, but you got to think this time around they're going to. He looked more comfortable and when he came in for Tannehill in last week's game, which I think was a positive sign. He didn't look like he was rushed so much under center or even when, you know, he had to – you know, escape from the pocket to make a decision. He looked more in looked more in lockstep of what needs to get done. So I think he's also another he's another good one too. If again, if you push comes to shove and you have like this awesome team or you're stacked at like wide receiver and running back, you can take a risk uh on on those guys. So I'm excited to see how this plan 
this this week's this week pans out because I think we're there's a lot of different quarterback options out there for people, and it's um, it's 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 good. It it meaning it's good. Crunch it's time. good to yeah, pretty much. It's crunch time, so you got to make decisions. But again, it's not make or break, you know, because fantasy. Even though quarterback is the most high profile position in fantasy, that's not the end all be all because your quarterback can go off, but then your wide receivers and running backs can only might only score like 10 combined points. So then what? I mean, let's also keep it real. Your defense can score 30 points this year. Your kickers yeah. can score you 15. Like it yep. can really be some weird stuff that can make lineup shake. So just try to figure out someone who you trust. You know what I mean? Above double digits. You know what I mean? Get that 15 point range, like Joe Vaughn's been saying. Yeah, I think quarterback out of all the positions to have to replace a guy that's been highly productive for you at a specific position, I do think that quarterback is probably the easiest to, you know, close your eyes and just, you know, hit something on the dartboard that's going to be productive for you, that's going to be good for you. I mean, name another position. The number one running back goes down. We're talking about Jalen Hurts this week, and he's the top three quarterback in the league uh, fantasy-wise. Um, and just in general, but like, you know, in fantasy, top three guy, name another position where you can lose a top three guy and you can say to yourself, I'll be all right, you know, getting a guy off the waiver wire or, you know, getting a guy that's under 50 or 40 or 30% owned at this point in the year. The other positions, it's a lot more difficult where, you know, as quarterback, you just need a solid week from a guy um, that maybe it's a little bit more part of the game plan than, than some of the, uh, you know, the, the predictors might have anticipated. And, and you've got yourself a, a, a fine fill-in, you know, for that week. So, you know, with quarterback, you know, much more than some of the other positions, I think you can, you know, breathe a little bit easier knowing that, again, get your guy that's going to get you those 15 points and, and, and leave it alone. I mean, yep. just look at Jonathan Taylor at running back and then Tyler Lockett at receiver this week. Two top 10 guys, mm-hmm. that's a tough loss mm-hmm. for a playoff team. You really better be hoping you got some developmental guys on the bench ready to roll. Yeah, you you have to, and again at quarterback, you're if you to get to that fifteen point threshold, you're just you're looking for at least two hundred passing yards and a couple touchdowns. Like you said, you get you hit those benchmarks, good to go. As long as you don't throw like three interceptions yeah, in a game, upside here. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're just looking for that bare minimum: two hundred passing yards, two touchdowns, good to go. Don't ask no more. Your quarterback be happy to get um to get uh what you get. So, speaking of quarterbacks, we have to talk about who would you rather start, which is something that we came up uh, before the show, looking at a couple of interesting guys that, you know, fantasy managers might have questions about. Should I start this person over this person? Should I start this person over that person? At various positions, because like we said, it's week 16. For a lot of leagues, this is winner go home to advance to the next round or, you know, to, to potentially – you know, keep their playoff hopes alive. Well, a lot of teams, some teams might be coming off for the bye week, and this is their first matchup. So a lot of mixing and matching. You're trying to make decisions based off of injuries, based off of matchups. So we decided to come up and give you guys just some names that we fold around at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver and tight end that you sh- that, that you might be having debates about. And let's start at quarterback, y'all. First up, Geno Smith versus Kirk Cousins. Who would you rather have starting? In week sixteen, man, that's that's a that's a really good comp um, for the quarterback position. Geno has been so clutch for me this year um, in a league that I, for whatever reason, drafted Russell Wilson to be my starting quarterback. Foolish, right? Um, at the beginning of the year, he ends up coming through and just consistently putting up really great numbers for me every week. He's a top ten guy. Um, it's hard for me to shy away from that. On the flip side, Kirk Cousins has just <laughs> he's just gotten points the last couple of weeks. It's been hard to you know sort of pinpoint exactly what it is that he's been doing so well in fantasy at the very least. But when you need to come back from what was it last week, thirty three uh, at the half, um, you're going to be put in situations uh, that defense oftentimes puts him in situations where he's got to throw the ball a bunch and come back in the second half. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. necessarily going to happen though in this Giants game. As much as I'd like to think that Daniel Jones, of course, since I put him in uh, position to do so, is going to go off here. I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen and that this is going to be as high scoring 
a matchup as we anticipate. But that's where Kirk Cousins has made a lot of his money in, in recent weeks, um, you know, second-half comebacks. I'm not sure it's going to happen. So the edge to me, even though I want to go with Cousin Kirk on this one, I'm going to go with Geno, the guy that has been consistent pretty much throughout games for the most part this season. I like Gino. I like Gino. What about you, Harrison? Who do you who you starting? If it's if it's your lineup, you're going through your phone on on Sunday morning saying, ah, "Kirk Cousins, Gino Smith, who am I rolling with?" Listen, that's a favorable spot to be in. We we've described some worst QB spot to be in. If you're in a Lamar <laughs> yeah, or Jalen Hurts, if you've got Kirk Cousins and Gino, you know you're in a better spot than probably some other teams in your league. I'll say this. Kirk Cousins the past two weeks, man, over 425 yards both weeks. You know, I, I missed the boat on Kirk Cousins big time. He wound up on waivers in my league. I texted in our group chat. You know, Keaton can tell you. Tyler Huntley or, or Kirk Cousins is my decision. I think Kirk Cousins has had more points in a quarter than Tyler Huntley had in those two games. Definitely missed the boat on that one. So I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins this one. The Giants have a, a scrappy and tough defense. I don't think it's going to be a 400-yard week by any stretch of the imagination, that's a better mm-hmm. defense than people give credit for, um, especially up front. They really get after it. But I think that just that that passing game overall in Minnesota is really just established, you know, especially after they got TJ Hawkinson, just the strides that they've took getting more comfortable in Kevin O'Connell's system. I think that's kind of gotten lost in, in the Vikings big year this year. They're in the first year of a new offensive system. Um, Kevin O'Connell came over for the Rams. It, it's a much different, you know, whole setup than they had with the Mike Zimmer staff. So I, I think that Kirk Cousins is a good play, but really in those two, you can't go wrong. I think Geno versus KC, that should be a high-scoring game. I would expect that Seattle's going to have to throw the ball all game, um, not necessarily all game, but a lot, you know what I mean, unless something drastically changes. They're without Tyler Lockett this week. I don't think that makes you fade Geno Smith. If he's your clear-cut QB1, I don't think you need to worry about it that much, but it, it's certainly going to play a role. It, it's certainly going to hurt that offense a tad, but – I think the volume's going to be there for Geno. I think out of those two, you can't go wrong, but I'm going to go Kirk Cousins out of, out of those two. All right. I like it. I like it. And for me, I will probably go with Geno just because, and I was thinking about this while you're talking, while y'all guys were talking. This Chiefs defense the last couple of weeks has not looked hot right now. I mean, last week they gave up two. I just looked this up. They gave up two touchdown passes <laughs> to Davis Mills. Davis Mills had two touchdown passes, which is just, Incredible because we know the text. Year, I'm not completely <laughs> being, I'm not completely choking. Like, seriously, the, that's not even look. As a matter of fact, it's not even look. No. I mean, he had 13. <laughs> yeah, he's 30. He had 13. So he two. So he came into the game with 11. So yeah. I was going to guess like 10, maybe 10. In the... He like 20% of the season total in, in one game against the It's incredible. Well, I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> you, you see him. It. You see, you see him throw two two touchdown passes. And then the week before, we saw Russell Wilson have the best game of his season against yep. this Chiefs defense yep. before he got hurt, and that was all, yeah. yeah. And that was also a situation where they were without Cortland Sutton. So literally, mm-hmm. it was Jerry Judy as the you know number one option. So I think the game script favors Geno Smith in that. Okay, he doesn't have Tyler Lockett. But he still got DK. We know DK is going to get his targets. And Goodwin has surprisingly been a very solid wide receiver, number wide receiver three in that offense. Mm-hmm. You combine him and hopefully Kenneth Walker can play. If not, you do have some tight ends that could make some plays here and there. Noah Fant, Will Disley, who's good for like one catch a week <laughs> or one catch <laughs> a week. Probably a touchdown. Yeah, right. It's probably <laughs> a touchdown if Will Disley's catching it. So. Got can't go wrong with like you say, like you guys say, can't go wrong with neither of those guys. It's just it comes down to preference, right? You yeah. just come down with preference and gut feeling, gut feeling at the end of the day. Um, that. sticking with Kirk Cousins, we're going to continue with Kirk Cousins because he's just a favorite on this on this uh, pot. Uh, I love cousin Kirk, who would you rather start, Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins? Oh, this is a good one. Um, all the same reasons, obviously, here for Kirk Cousins, um, and in Jared Goff. Uh, just a part of a scrappy Lions offense, just a scrappy Lions team that has just been tremendously, I think, underrated all season. Um, in this matchup, um, you know, like I said, all the same things that we had mentioned uh, about Kirk Cousins and his matchup this week. You know, we'll see if, if you know, if maybe they get behind in that game. Um, but, you know, Jared Goff at Carolina in this game, in a game that the Lions, the Lions have been in playoff mode for the last, what, five weeks, six weeks? 
and they've been you know they've been responding extremely well to that high pressure environment um, so over 250 yards and a touchdown against a pretty tough Jets defense last week. So it wasn't a great week in terms of uh, uh, Goff's numbers. But the, the Carolina defense is certainly not the Jets defense. Um, I like Jared Goff in this matchup again because I think that the game script allows for a higher ceiling than Cousin Kirk in this one. So uh, give me give me Goff in this matchup. What about you, Harrison? Two NFC North quarterbacks, which one you like? Yeah, and it's funny. They kind of have a similar setup offensively. The The reason that they've had success in fantasy this year is they've been high-volume throwers. You know, mm-hmm. it's 30, 40 pass attempts. It might be a 300-yard game, multiple touchdowns. They've thrown the ball a lot. Um, so similar thing, you know, neither one is a, a bad guy to go with. Um, I, I think a lot of what Keaton said right there is, is true. I, I think that, you know, you probably are looking at Jared Goff and saying, hmm, this Carolina matchup, you know, it, it's not the Jets' defense. You know, I, I think that that is – a more favorable setup for him this week. I think I'm going to lean Kirk Cousins still on this one. And it's funny, you know, you can ask around. I'm not the biggest Kirk Cousins guy in general. When they drafted Kellen, yeah, when they drafted Kellen Mond, I was like, let's get that rolling. You know, that that could be something there as Kirk Cousins' replacement. I just overall have kind of always thought Minnesota has has underperformed for how talented their pass catchers have been over the years. I mean, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen were a duo. Now you got Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. But – in this week, in this season, I think Kirk Cousins has been more than, you know, more than rallied for a starting fantasy quarterback. And I'm going to roll with him over Jared Goff. Like I said, you know, the Giants defense is scrappy. It's a better defense than people give it credit for. But I still think that it's a defense that they can take advantage of with their, you know, outstanding pass catching duo. Can't, again, cannot go wrong. And I think, like we said, these are the decisions that fantasy, you know, managers are going to have to, you know, discuss. And they're going to battle again back and forth like because because we said you can't go wrong with Gino you can't go wrong with Jared Goff because like we know both teams do have stellar running games but both of these teams also like to throw the ball around the field like they ain't got no sense sometimes mm-hmm. so yeah. <laughs> both quarterbacks are going to have their opportunities it's just going to be I think with both of these quarterbacks too is you hope that they don't make that critical mistake which mm-hmm. is that dreaded interception like they both are capable you know of doing from time to times as we've seen this season, even though Jared Goff has been really good at taking care of the care of the ball this season. I think he was only had like seven interceptions this season. I'll say this about Jared Goff too. He's playing for his job right now and kind of his role as an NFL starter. I mean, it Mm -hmm. is clear cut. The Lions are going to have a good pick with the Rams pick situation. They're going to be in a position to take a quarterback, maybe with their own pick too later in the draft. So Jared Goff has a lot to play for right now. He's definitely going to be coming out slinging it. Most definitely, most certainly. Let's move on to the running backs here. Interesting running back battle that we have here. Isaiah Pacheco versus Leonard Fournette, the rookie running back. Pacheco was starting to make some inroads in that Chiefs backfield, but somehow, some way, again, during in the late season, Jarek McKinnon has uh decided he wanted to he wants to join the fray and become <laughs> Chiefs uh running back once. We got him and then Leonard Fournette. His, his lack of success this season has been a microcosm of just how bad this season has been for the Bucks offensively. So that being that being said, fellas, who do you like? Who are you starting? Hmm. Yeah, this 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 was a particularly tough one for me. Leonard Fournette has had double digit uh, games in every game except for two, I think, this year. Um, when I'm looking at this, yeah. So except for two games, he was hurt um, against Cleveland, but. Um, he's been consistently at around that 10 to 12 mark, 10 to 15. Let's see what he averaged. Uh, so he averaged 14.7 due to a kind of a hot, hotter start to the season. But um, he, he's that, that's what you're going to get out of Leonard Fournette in this game. It's, it's 10 to 12 points. It's hard for me to see outside of that. And with Pacheco, um, seemingly has fallen into the Andy Reid running back thing that he does with running backs and you all as Philadelphia running back by running back by committees anything about how frustrating (laughs) that can be from a fantasy perspective Pacheco is certainly a highly talented guy and an offense that has a bunch of other high talent weapons as well so you kind of do the math and say of course there's high upside here but you know it's really do I want my guaranteed 10 points on the board with Leonard Fournette or possibly five points with Isaiah Pacheco um, or 15 <laughs> or 20. 
you know, potentially if the game script goes right, uh, goes right. Give me Leonard Fournette. As much as that bores me to say that in this matchup, give me Fournette here because it's the playoffs. If I'm still in it, I need consistency out of whoever I'm starting out of these two. So give me Fournette. Can't go, can't, can't go wrong with playoff Lenny. Can't go wrong with playoff Lenny. What about you, Harrison? Pacheco, a guy who you've been talking about <laughs> for weeks. Or are we going to the old Wiley veteran that, you know, could eventually just have a good game. You have a favorable matchup against the Cardinals this week. But Pacheco has a very good matchup against the Seahawks this week. Both running backs for very good matchups uh, going head-to-head right now for Week 16. Yeah, it is two favorable matchups. I mean, I think you can't go wrong with either matchup. I'll say last week, Isaiah Pacheco had a good matchup versus Houston. That was certainly a good play. Seth came on here and talked about that. I I doubled down on it, um, and he wound up with 8.7 points. Not really in a bad outing. I mean, 15 rushes for 86 yards. I'm not mad about that from a pure football standpoint. You know right. what I mean? Pretty solid outing. But in a fantasy playoff game where there's a lot of other running backs you're trying to look for, um, 8.7 just doesn't cut it. It's definitely a hit. Keith mentioned it. That Andy Reid running back room, I mean, we've known about it forever, you know, 20-plus years. He, he likes to rotate guys, likes to mix in different guys. Same thing in Tampa. Rashad White has definitely cut out a legit role in that Buccaneers offense. Surprisingly enough, and it's kind of Pacheco's downfall right now that he doesn't have a role in the passing game, Leonard Fournette, you know, has really established himself in fantasy this year. You know, his role in fantasy has been as a PPR pass catching back. You know, Leonard Fournette's best games have been when he's had four or five catches for, you know, 30, maybe a touchdown. Um, That has kind of propelled him just being a guy that Brady can dump it off to real quick. He's still that physical bruising runner that he always was, that he was with the Jaguars. It's just back in the day with the Jaguars, he had no role in the passing game. You know what I mean? Blake Bortles was not looking for Leonard Fournette. Tom Brady is. So that's been his role. I'm going to go with Leonard Fournette in this one as well. I think it's a favorable matchup out there versus Arizona, especially because they're going with Trace McSorley this week. That offense is, you know, going to have some problems most likely. I mean, hey, good luck to the former Penn State quarterback, uh, you know, guy that a lot of people around here will root for. But in all likelihood, the Buccaneers should have a lead. They should be able to run the ball. Um, and I think that will favor Leonard Fournette. So I'm going to go with Leonard Fournette in that one. But, again, two talented guys. Very two talented. Very two talented guys. And Pacheco, you just look at how he's performed in his last, you want to say his last five games. Last five games, he's averaging uh, 79.6 rushing yards per game on 15 carries a game, which is not bad. Uh not bad for him. The only issue is he's only scored two touchdowns over that span, which does not help the fantasy value because we need touchdowns. If you're not getting 100 rushing yards, you need touchdowns. However, if you're thinking about betting on Pacheco, his over-under for rushing yards this week against the Seahawks, over 68 and a half. Mm. So could be a play there if you are thinking about putting some money on Pacheco. He's been sitting right about there. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that is a good burrito bet. He's he he he's been he's been there. So we got him last up at the running back spot. AJ Dillon versus Jamal Williams again. We have a backup, uh, not backup in Green Bay. A RB two in Green Bay who probably will be a RB one in other teams. We want to be blatantly honest. Versus a guy who is just a touchdown machine. It doesn't matter where he's at in that red zone. They're going to find a way to give it to him, and he's going to score. He's not really a volume guy where he's going to give you like 100 yards a game. He's more so red zone. He's going to give you and get you touchdowns. So who are we starting? A.J. Dillon versus the uh, Dolphins defense or Williams versus the Panthers defense? Hmm. That, that whole, you know, role from Williams used to scare me earlier in the year and frustrate me also as a yeah. Andre Swift owner. But, like, the, yes. the role used to scare me a little bit considering, you know, some of his biggest games, some of his most productive fantasy uh, games came in games in which he had, you know, 50 yards, 64 yards, or 64, yeah, 64 yards. Um, another one where he had 108 in that one, but you know, another one, 87 yards, right? So the role was not huge in terms of him getting a ton of carries, as you mentioned, it was more so really about touchdowns. So the touchdowns are the hardest thing, you know, you look, you listen to any NFL analyst will tell you this. They're the hardest thing to predict about what a player will do. It's easier to say, well, get this many carries, this many yards, 
and it seems as though his role as getting, you know, somewhere between 12 to 20 carries, well, 20 is a little bit much, so 12 to 15, let's say, carries a game on average or so seems to be pretty consistent. The, the idea that he's going to get somewhere around 60, 70, 80 yards maybe on a good day is pretty consistent, but the touchdowns are going to come in seemingly in bunches for Jamal Williams, uh, which makes him a boomer bust play in this particular situation. Um, still, with A.J. Dillon, um, he has up and down games as well, but when A.J. Dillon is the man for that day, he is the man, and it becomes clear mm-hmm. that he, he, he takes on that entire role. So I'd feel more comfortable um, if I have to throw a dart at one of those other two at the guy that has a higher chance at being the man in this case, which is A.J. Dillon. I like it. I like it. A.J. Dillon had a very good game against uh, the Rams on Monday night. I think what, he had two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. in that yep. game so again uh, uh, somebody being productive in that running back room because them both of those guys get yards but they somehow again they don't score touchdowns but he was able to score a touchdown so what about you harrison who do you like dylan or jamal williams the t- who was looked at early in the season as the touchdown vulture yeah i mean it's funny we wound up with those two because jamal williams was kind of the original second tier you know second running back with the Packers mm-hmm. that physical change of pace guy exactly what AJ Dillon is now I mean they, they're all, they've always been similar players you know they, they kind of have that physical real tough mentality if you're running Aaron Jones at a defense and then you switch it up and throw Jamal Williams or AJ Dillon out there you know or DeAndre Swift for uh for Jamal Williams case now it, it's certainly going to be a good thing like like you said we've seen AJ Dillon really start to get going the, these past three games in particular um, all of them above 17 points the past two games, above 20 points. You mentioned it, two touchdowns last week. Encouraging for me, he started to get some some value in the past game, three catches in each of those games, over 25 yards. And, um, you know, that, that really helps his case a lot. I think that's going to kind of be his role. You're, you know, you're never going to see A.J. Dillon be, you know, a 25-carry guy, even a 20-carry guy. He hasn't touched that 20-carry mark this year. Um, but if he can get involved in the passing game, I think that's kind of his role. Out of this one – it's a tough one. You really could go either way right here. I mean, like I said, they're very similar players in a similar role, kind of similar to mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff at the quarterback position, how, how they throw the ball a lot. These are two guys in a similar role. They're the second running back, but they're a physical, great way to change the pace. Both coaches like to use them. They have an established role. I think Jamal Williams has a little bit more, more touches to him. A.J. Dillon has a little bit more upside to him. A.J. Dillon has more upside to go score. A.J. Dillon has more upside to catch more passes because we know what DeAndre Swift is in the past game. So I'm going to go with A.J. Dillon in this one. Um, I, I think that if you're starting Jamal Williams this week, I, I'm not panicking. You know what I mean? I think that him being right. a guy who's getting double-digit carries every week, you're hoping he falls in the end zone like he did four weeks <laughs> like in a row. Does. Right. Four weeks in a row from week 10 to week 13. You know, four games in a row he falls in the end zone. You can't ignore that. He hasn't. You need him to fall back in the end zone. The past two weeks, him not falling in. If he falls in the end zone with 15-plus touches, Jamal Williams is going to get you to a fantasy championship just fine. The upside there, I'm going to go with A.J. Dillon. Yeah, I I would agree. I would lean towards the upside with Dillon. Like you said, with Williams, you're really harboring on him to fall into the end zone because outside of that, you're not getting a 100-yard or even sometimes a 70-yard performance out of him. He's going to get the volume, but he's not going to give you the explosive plays out of the backfield. So definitely agree with y'all all uh, with the running backs. We got a couple more players, even matchups we're going to talk about before we jump into anytime touchdown picks here on the Total Sports Live podcast. Let's go to the wide receivers, fellas. Let's let's go with this one here. The, we're going to call this the Keaton special here. The Mike on Mike. The Mike on Mike. Michael Pittman versus Mike Williams. This is a good one because – Michael Pittman was looked at as like he's going to break out this year in fantasy. He hasn't really done so, more so because of the uh, quarterback situation in Indianapolis with them rotating multiple quarterbacks. Now Nick Foles is getting a start. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike Will, been hurt, but now he's healthy. And he's looking like the Mike Will we saw earlier this season. In a game that both these teams are going to play each other, <laughs> And who would you rather have? Michael Pittman versus his Chargers defense, which is improving, or... Mike Williams against the Colts defense that just got obliterated the last couple weeks by the Cowboys offense and the Vikings offense. Mm. Yeah, the the Mike on Mike special. You got to love this. Both (laughs) these guys 
have given you concern about their starting about starting them in your lineup for very different reasons. So this was it's a great Mike on Mike matchup here for Would You Rather. <laughs> um, Mike Williams uh, looked good last week with the Chargers. Like you said, he's healthy, and when Mike Williams is healthy, it gives you just this tremendous burst of confidence that he's going to do something very productive. Um, I, I, I'm concerned though, because whenever I get my hope up into Mike Williams like that, that's usually the setup for a downfall. You got to go to Mike Williams on like a random, he's been, he's had like two weeks when he's been at three points, four points, and then boom, he comes out with a 38 point performance. So, um, do the numbers pour into that? Am I superstitious on that based upon how Mike, uh, Williams has typically operated? Yes, I absolutely am. But he had 10.7 last week against Tennessee. He looked good as well so i'm not really sure which way to go um michael Pittman. if i had the choice out of those two of course not many people do but if you had the choice out of those two give me Pittman against a chargers defense that has been bad mostly through uh on the ground they've been okay through the air as well um but i think you know in a, a, a system where nick uh, nick Foles is going to be looking for his tallest and bestest receiver and an rpo maybe style thing that they're going to be running over there um, I think Pittman gets into the end zone, which makes the difference between here. I don't, I don't know if Mike Williams gets into it, Mike Williams might get into the end zone four times. Um, <laughs> you know, literally, literally. also could have four yards. So give me uh, Michael Pittman Jr. because again, this is playoffs. I need points. All right, all right. Playoffs need points. You're going with Michael Pittman. What about you, Harrison? Who are you riding with, Mike Will or Michael Pittman? Yeah, I'm going to roll matchup here and just go ahead and say that Michael Pittman has the better matchup. I think Mike Williams is probably going to face a lot of Stephon Gilmore. And, you know, it's not Patriots Stephon Gilmore, but it's still Stephon Gilmore. That's that's a respectable corner that you definitely don't want to be lining up against all week. I, I talked a lot on this show. Maybe you're not fading this matchup. Maybe you're not fading this matchup. I still fade Stephon Gilmore a little bit, man. I, I still just I'm a little bit more timid when I know that the team is playing him. So. I think Michael Pittman has the better matchup. Um, like we said, he had a nice week last week versus Minnesota in that crazy game. Ten catches for 60 yards. Like to see him at 14 targets. Um, I'm also the wrong guy to to fade Nick Foles, man. I'm always going to roll with anybody playing with Nick Foles. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? He, he proved himself to me back in 2017, 2018. I, I'm good. You know what I mean? Nick Foles, their starting quarterback, I like it. I think it's going to boost Michael Pittman's stats. I don't know if that's factual. That might be some Philly bias right there, but – yeah, I, I'm not fading Michael Pittman because Nick Foles is in. I don't think that that's the concerningest part of this Colts offense this season. I think when they were transitioning from Frank Wright to Jeff Saturday and Sam Ellinger was starting games, I, I think that might have been some time to fade Michael Pittman. But I don't think a uh, transition from Matt Ryan to Nick Foles is anything to really be scared about. So I'm going to go match up and, you know, just my overall love of Nick Foles is also going to play into that pick. I can't I, I can't disagree. They're very good compelling arguments. I think it's also gonna be tough too because when you look at the fantasy matchup for both of these defenses against wide receivers, the Colts have are you allowing the seventh fewest points to wide receivers and the Chargers allowing the eighth fewest points to wide receivers. So right right there next to each other are gonna be they're neck and neck against each other. So it's going to be a tough decision for a lot of people to make because you're looking at Mike Williams and Michael Pittman in that are in that wide receiver two territory, mm-hmm. and you're going to be splitting hairs. You hope it don't come down to that because that's a Monday night game. So you're hoping mm-hmm. it don't come down to that, but it just might. So <laughs> a decision that will torture you throughout the weekend. Likely, I hope not. <laughs> Hopefully, you're comfortably up in your in your in your in your matchup, so you have so you don't have to depend on one of those guys to bring you to bring you home and a championship win or to move on to the championship round. And last but not least, tight end position, two guys who have been rising over the last few weeks. One guy's been much a star throughout the season, uh, surprisingly. And this is Chigakonkwo versus Jawan Johnson. Who are you starting? A very intriguing matchup just because, again, um, Titans are looking for receivers. Traylon Burks has returned to practice, so that's a good sign for them. However, you cannot discredit what Chiga Conquo and Austin Hooper have been able to do, you know, in the last couple of weeks. And then on the other side, you have Jawan Johnson, who all he does is score touchdowns. That's it. He scored touchdowns last week against the uh, last week against the Falcons, and he continues to score touchdowns. 
and he has a matchup this week against the Cleveland. Uh, who yep, the Browns. Mm-hmm. Play the Browns this week, and the Browns are not great. They're they they give tight ends issues. They're allowing the a fewest points to tight ends this season. But however, it doesn't match up. It just seems like it just seems like Jawan Johnson is matchup proof because we said that against the Niners, and he goes out and scores a touchdown against the Niners. So, who are y'all taking in this matchup? Well, you guys know I can't go away from my guy at this point in the year. Here we are in week 16, <laughs> and the get Jawan Johnson's jersey mission still lives because <laughs> I said it and I mean it. I said it on camera, so I can't escape that. If no. uh, if I win this year, I will buy a Jawan Johnson jersey for that very clutch performance he had uh, for me earlier this year. So I'm not going to go away from him, but you do bring up a good point about the matchup. Um, if you're a matchup person if you're looking at this and saying i got to make this decision based upon the matchup um then i i, I it's a tough matchup i think for uh for juan johnson against the browns you don't necessarily love that but he's been so matchup proof that how can you go uh, you know how can you go away from that um play the hot streak two touchdowns last week maybe just uh maybe he finds the end zone again this week at least one more time so i'm going jj for the win juan johnson Jawan Johnson. All right, he's going Jawan Johnson. Are you going Jawan Johnson, Harrison, or are you going with the rookie Chiga Conqua, who's starting to blow up in fantasy uh, over the last couple of weeks? Listen, Jawan Johnson. Keaton's talking about Jawan Johnson as a Jersey guy, like a, a Jersey you wear. I'm talking about Jawan Johnson as a Jersey guy, like Glassboro, New Jersey, South Jersey. Let's go. So, you know, I got to roll with Jawan Johnson, man. That's a Jersey guy, you know. Um, I've always liked Juwan Johnson. He was a receiver back at Penn State. Has always been a pass catching guy. And then he went to Oregon, right? Yeah, he, he did. Went to yep. Oregon, he went right? To Oregon right. as well. Yeah. Um, I, I've always thought that he had upside, you know, and that mm-hmm. transition to tight end. You know, anytime a receiver goes to tight end, you know he, he's going to be a natural pass catcher. Going to have a little bit cleaner route, just a little bit more of a nuanced, um, you know, view of the position. So I've always thought Juwan Johnson had a lot of upside. Been nice to see it kind of come to fruition this year hoping that maybe the Saints can get a little bit more stable at quarterback and just offensively overall, and then maybe they can really get some stuff going with him next year. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to roll with Juwan Johnson. That's a Jersey guy. Got to roll with him. Chica Conquo, guy that Jovan mentioned last week, really brought him to my attention when you mentioned that here on the pod. I started looking into him a little bit more in fantasy. Really, really stable the past three weeks. Over 10 points each week. A guy that you can roll out. Favorable matchup versus Houston. Has really stepped in in a you know a strange way with Traylon Burks being a receiver, but you really start to think about it. Traylon Burks is a physical guy, plays in the slot a lot. Chigakonkwu is a physical tight end. They're they're not you know what I mean. It kind of it kind of makes sense how that works out. Where okay, Traylon Burks is out. Who are we going to go to? Well, we got this physical tight end right here. Let's throw the ball to him a little bit more. So um, I, I think that he's an interesting flex play, but. I, I can't go away from the jersey guy. Keaton's gonna get his jersey. You know, I, I love to hear that. I'm gonna need to see that once that happens. So, around, yeah. yeah, right. Juwan Johnson for me. I, 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 I can't disagree. Right, it's hard to disagree when someone is scoring touchdowns all the time, and that is Jawan Johnson because all he does is score touchdowns. He's has he has seven touchdowns this season. Incredible. Seven and has scored five. In his last five games, with two coming last week against the Falcons, so Jawan exactly Johnson seven more touchdowns than Deontay Johnson. But let's, uh, let's yeah, yeah, that's a hey. Deontay yeah. might score a touchdown this week. It might, Don't it might just that. happen. Stop it! Stop it! He, he <laughs> might just happen. I'm just saying. Stop it! Come on. He's due. He's due. <laughs> I'm just Put saying. It, it might happen. <laughs> I, I mean, I did that one week and got burnt, but it was close. Who is he this year? It was that Miles Falcons Sanders? He's, he's this year's Miles Sanders. Yeah. Hey, Alvin 100%. Kamara from last year? Oh, God. Oh, well, Alvin Kamara's just been – This year, Alvin too. Alvin Kamara's been bad right, this year, This too. year, yeah, I know. I was thinking about that in fantasy a few days ago. Speaking so, of touchdowns. Yeah, right. Speak, right. Speaking <laughs> of touchdowns, it's time to wrap up the pod here. And you already know how we wrap up the pod with – it's a tradition like any other or like no other in sports podcast, and that is the Anytime Touchdown segment. Last week, we struggled. I mean, we were on the struggle bus hard. 0 for 8. And it wasn't because we picked bad picks. Just the game script didn't work out in our manner, you know? Jawan Johnson scored touchdowns, <laughs> taking touchdowns away from yeah, Alvin Kamara. In this category more. <laughs> really should. <Yeah. laughs> Zonovan Knight 
couldn't find the end zone. Um, George Pickens didn't find the end zone. Uh, Elijah Moore didn't find the end zone, but that's because Zach Wilson's that quarterback. No shade uh, to Zach Wilson, but yeah, zero for eight. But that's okay. We were due to we were due to have a down week just because we've been flying high the last few weeks. So that just means we got a clean slate to knock some things out and give you guys the picks that you need to have this week for fantasy. So fellas, week sixteen. Anytime touchdown picks, who do you like this week? Harrison, you got your boy Amon Ra. You want to start yeah. with him? Yeah, go ahead. Listen, if we're starting with Amon Ra St. Brown, I, I'm ready That's to actually roll. my guy, but like I'm going to let you have him this week. You know what I mean? Like, I've been on on Amon yeah. Ra since week 10 of, of 2020. It's funny. I, I'm just saying. I took, I took your guy last week in the same matchup. I took George Pickens versus Carolina. I and it kind of burned me. To, yeah, yeah, it kind of burned me to some extent. There, there was a few plays though, man. He had that nice catch down the sideline. You know, it, the, yeah. the problem was, man, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have rolled with Mitch Trubisky in that game. That, that's where I got burned. I thought Mitch Trubisky Anytime playing Carolina. You're to yourself, I'm rolling with Mitch Trubisky. Exactly. Just, just know that nothing will go right. Nothing. So I'm gonna roll from Mitch Trubisky <laughs> to to another former first round mid range quarterback to Jared Goff. I'm gonna say that Jared Goff gets a Monroe St. Brown the ball. This is something we talked about pre show with this. They also have DJ Sharp. There's just a little bit more to that offense. I, I think the JC Horn might be moving around a little bit. I think a Monroe St. Brown is an interesting matchup down there. Um, I think that they're gonna look to throw the ball a lot in that game. That's one of the reasons we like Jared Goff in our quarterback segment. So. I like Amon Ross St. Brown there. Um, and then I got two rookies to mention. I, I'm going to start with Drake London versus Baltimore. Uh, I'm intrigued by that matchup. I think that last week they threw him the ball maybe more times than they had thrown him the ball all year. That they're really mm-hmm. looking to get him the ball. I think coming out of the bye week, it's something they put a, a point of emphasis on with Desmond Ritter taking over. Let's see, let's see what this duo is. Let's see if they have any chemistry together. I think that's only going to continue. We all know that Drake London – is going to be a physical athletic threat down the red zone. I think they'll look to throw the ball him there. Kyle Pitts has been out for a few weeks. They've had a few weeks to adjust to that. Same type of thing with Traylon Burks being out and Chigakonko going well. Other way around. Tight ends out now. You know, we need someone big and physical to throw the ball into the red zone. How about our 6'4 rookie receiver? How about Drake London? So I don't hate that. I think they, you know, we could see our first Desmond Ritter and Drake London touchdown. Here's another guy, first touchdown. I didn't even mention this pre-show. I think you guys are going to like it, though. How about Malik Willis? Anytime touchdown. How about Malik Willis running into the end zone? Maybe his first touchdown. Maybe, you know, he throws one. But how about Malik Willis getting in the end zone? I think they're going to look for him to score his first touchdown. We've mentioned that he's played a few games now. Doesn't have a touchdown yet. Could be their quarterback in the future. I was very high on him last year in the draft. I think, you know, let's see him with some more opportunities. Let's see the offensive playbook open up for him a little bit more. How about Malik Willis? Anytime touchdown. And I'm willing to bet that there's good odds on that. So I'm willing to bet that that's pretty favorable. It probably will be. I haven't seen anything out for that game yet, but I'm pretty sure it will, it will likely be in that good one. Yeah. plus 300, 400 range likely for that game. So He's got a lot to prove this week. Like yep. yes. Tannehill just announced he's not coming back for the rest of the year. This is a playoff caliber team. What does he do with that opportunity? They haven't given him the keys, but the keys are his now. You know, And so mm-hmm. what does he do with that game? I think it's a, a big prove-it game for Malik. I like that thing. Huge proving game for Malik, and I think it's going to be fun to watch because he, like said, like we said, you know, he he looked better in last week's game, which gives you hope, and I think gives a lot of us hope that want to see him succeed, that he could put it together next week if they, if he does what he needs to do. So love to pick Saint Amon Ross, Saint Brown, Drake London, Malik Willis. What about you, Keaton? Who are some of you guys that Solid you want to spend up. some bur- yeah. want to spend some burrito money on? Hey, mine, mine are very smart and simple picks. My analysis on this is going to be very simple for both of these. Okay. Um, I want you to name the last time that the Chargers didn't allow a running back um, to score a touchdown. I think I scored a touchdown this season um, on the Chargers. I may have scored two, but I got to check the stats. Like, it's, it's literally everyone. So, Colts, Chargers on Monday night. Um, it's going to be a running back heavy game, and I'm just speaking that part into existence for one <laughs> to bring me home a championship. But it's going to be a running heavy uh, game. Certainly, it should be at least if you're the Indianapolis Colts and facing what may be the worst running defense in the league. Give me Deion Jackson in this matchup, not Zach Moss, because I think that he's going to be the one that has more opportunities up the middle. 
putt to score where this uh, Chargers defense has been the weakest. Um, uh, run defense has been the weakest. So give me Deion Jackson to score one. And also on the other side of the ball here, uh, not other side of the ball rather, but uh, going up north, uh, or not so far up north, uh, for, to, the, to the Bills. Devin Singletary in this game, he, he came through for me really clutch last time. I mean, like, <laughs> really, really clutch. I believe in Devin Singletary uh, and his ability to get into the end zone. Maybe not all year. Maybe not. he's not like a top-flight guy. Um, but I think that the situation against uh, who they're playing, playing Chicago this week. Um, yes. A defense that has also stopped exactly no one this year on the ground. Um, 24 rushing touchdowns. Yeah, they're at uh, Chicago as well. It's going to be cold up there. Buffalo's used to that kind of thing, but I think they keep it on the ground here, and, and and I think that just gives Devin Singletary a huge, huge opportunity to find himself in the end zone this weekend. I think both of those guys are really good picks for burrito money this weekend. Like it, Devin Singletary, Deion Jackson. The last time we saw Jackson get extended reps was uh, the early season where he had like 10 receptions out of the backfield, so he also has that added element of receiving game, which Zach Moss doesn't, which could be the end up deciding factor, you know, in that in that particular matchup. So excited to see both of those guys. And then for me, anytime touchdown picks, I'm going DK Metcalf here. I'm not going to overthink this. I did that last week and totally got burnt on it. The Chiefs give up the most touchdowns of wide receivers this year, 19. No Tyler Lockett. They need to get they need to get the ball to DK here in this spot. I think they're going to. I think they're going to find a way to get DK the ball, get into the end zone to try to, you know, keep the playoff hopes alive right now because it's on a threat. So I like DK Metcalf to score a touchdown here. Also like Geno Smith over one and a half touchdown passes too against this Chiefs defense, which has been suspect. So I like that this week. Uh, Malik Willis Harrison already said he. That's one of my guys too. I think he's going to find a way on his legs, especially since the Texans just get ran over by Derrick Henry every time rushing for over two hundred yards. I think Malik Willis. They will use his legs to score a touchdown there to get him in the end zone. So I like Malik Willis. And then last but not least, going back to that Bears-Bills game. We're picking the same games this week, so I, I guess that's a good sign. Going Bears and Bills this week. I'm going Josh Allen to score anytime touchdown with the Bears giving up eight rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks this season. They gave up three last week to Jalen Hurts inside the red zone. or Yeah, inside the red zone, including that one where the – defense just just parted like the red sea and it was just wide open going down the field so those are anytime touchdown picks for this week here on the pod again Amon Ross St. Brown Drake London Malik Willis Devin Singletary Deion Jackson DK Metcalf and Josh Allen here on the pod again as always make sure you line make sure you line shop we're not telling you guys to parlay these things play them on a single ticket we're not telling you to play all of them pick what you like pick and choose win some burrito money on this holiday season and be all right be all right simple keep it simple very simple so that's about it here on the podcast appreciate everybody that's tuned in as always to the pod as we are wrapping up well not wrapping up because we're going into week 16 but as we get as you get prepared to week 16 putting those lineups in again make sure you're following us on twitter at total sports live make sure you're following the following the fellas on twitter as well if you're watching this on YouTube, you will see the little scroll bar, scroll bar down at the bottom that says "Make sure to follow." Follow those guys: Harrison at Harry Brown Russo, Keaton at Keaton D Keaton D Nichols on Twitter as well. Make sure you check out totalsportslive.com. Also, make sure you subscribe to the pod on your various streaming platforms: Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, Anchor, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast, it's pretty much somewhere there in the atmosphere. So make sure you go. Check out the podcast on those things. And I'm pretty sure that's about it, fellas. Anything else that I missed before we uh, wrap up this pod for this week? Good luck well, in the championship round. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck in the championship round. And I'll just say what kind of podcast host, co-host, and, and friend would I be if I didn't wish my good buddy Giovanna a happy early birthday coming up, uh, coming up here down the line. You know, by the time you hear this, we might be celebrating. Giovanna might be doing whatever birthday shenanigans you know that entails but just a just a good happy birthday to you man hope it's a good year appreciate you for everything you know always fun coming on here and potting with you and just you know getting down and dirty in the sports media business in general so happy birthday my friend appreciate it appreciate it echo that same sentiment man hard work hardest working podcast oh my goodness oh my goodness if y'all only knew if y'all only saw the outlines and the documents and (laughs) 
technical support before the show, trying to help me with my microphone. <laughs> this guy does it all, man. Editing the articles. It's just this. This is the guy right here, man. We wouldn't be here without him. So, man, I appreciate the appreciate the calm words, but I am I am no one. I'm just the key to the cog in the machine hey. to to get it to get everything to get everything done. That's why he's the best right there. So. <laughs> so. Again, appreciate everyone for tuning into the podcast. We might be back next week. We'll see how schedules align. Anything we might be able to get a guest on as well for next week's show if we do one next week. But if we don't talk, we don't do a pod next week. We will see you guys in the new year. Um, we'll be talking about the real playoffs at that point. <laughs> as as our show transitions from fantasy talk as we get out of fantasy season to general NFL talk, which I think is just going to be just as exciting if you've been joining us here on the pod throughout the season talking fantasy. So for me, Keaton and Harrison, everyone have a good one. Have a happy holidays. Happy, have a happy Hanukkah, uh, Chris, Merry Christmas and a happy Kwanzaa. If you celebrate all those things, everyone have a good one. And we will talk to you all very soon.